So this little section on page 93 is just a process to help you deal with recognized sin in your life. And as you notice, the first paragraph says, as long as you live in your earthly body, you will be tempted to sin. Sin will happen whether intentionally or unintentionally. And we learned last week, God is no longer counting our sins against us, but we still must deal with the consequences of any sinful behavior. He hasn't stopped that. So when you recognize sin in your life, it is a good thing to know how to deal with it in a biblical way. Because we talked about the godly sorrow leading to repentance. So there's a change there. So there's a biblical process. The first one, first step in the process, step one, view yourself rightly. Your identity is not whatever that sin is, coveter, greed, greedy, gossiper, whatever it is. You are in Christ, a child of God who sometimes covets or who did covet. Okay, so you have to think in terms of your new identity in Christ. That's who you are. Step two, recognize or confess the truth regarding your sin. To confess biblically means to agree with God about what you and he both know to be true. God already knows. He, you're agreeing with him that you did it. Confession is not a formula, a process, or dependent on a mediator. Regarding sin in my life, it is not saying I'm sorry. It is saying I agree with you, God. I blew it. And you see your sin is awful. So here's an example of coveting. You read a, a Bible verse. It, it points out to you that you've coveted. So you know that coveting doesn't fit someone who knows God. And you agree with God about it. Step three, confession is incomplete without repentance. Repentance means to change your mind about that sin, to mourn its ugliness, resulting in changing your actions. Paul calls that godly sorrow in 2 Corinthians 7. And he says, godly sorrow produces repentance. So it's saying, I recognize that what I'm doing is wrong. And this fills me with sorrow because it displeases you, God. Please help me to live differently. And that's what he will help us do. And that's how our lives get transformed. So you could use coveting for an example. And you pray, Lord Jesus, please nudge me by your spirit whenever I'm starting to covet or whatever. You know, let me know when I'm, when I'm doing this because I don't want to do it anymore in my life. And you make that decision. You want to change that. Step four, repentance leads to dependence. You have to depend on the Lord Jesus Christ inside you for that change to take place. See, Jesus is not really interested in our outward conformity, you know, compliance. He is much more interested in obedience of the heart. And if you're raising children or teaching children, that's what you want from them too, is an obedience from the heart, not outward conformity. And so you trust in him to help you overcome the consequences of any sinful choices that you've made in a way that brings glory to him. So coveting, as an example, you would find a Bible verse that goes along with that. You memorize that Bible verse, and then you start practicing being thankful for God's provision and be sensitive to the Spirit's nudging when you are tempted to covet. But you choose to be thankful instead. 
And if you look at that little bottom uh, paragraph, repentance isn't repentance until you change something. You can confess until the cows come home daily, habitually. You can get up every morning and say, I confess all my sins to you, Lord. I confess all my sins to you every single day. That does nothing, right? That's not what God is after. He's after changing us from the inside out. Jesus called for people to repent, not confess. 